Welcome to the Business of Luxury podcast, where we feature exclusive conversations with entrepreneurs, executives, and influencers on the leading edge of luxury. On today's episode, Human connects with Ali Reza Artakani, Executive Director of the Fairhang Foundation since 2014. Prior to joining the foundation, he worked in the entertainment industry for over 19 years, specializing in marketing strategy, partnership development, project management, and digital promotions. Fluent in Persian and French, Ali Reza was born in Tehran and grew up in Lausanne, Switzerland. He graduated with high honors from the University of Southern California with a BA in communications from the Annenberg School for Communications and Journalism and a minor in cinema and television from the School of Cinematic Arts. In this episode, you'll hear Ali Reza share how the Fairhang Foundation promotes Iranian art and culture, why Iranian art and culture is so important to him personally, and how the Fairhang Foundation is supporting the freedom movement in Iran. Let's join Human for his conversation with Ali Reza Artakani. Ali Reza, thank you so much for joining our show today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Tell us about the mission of Fairhang and why it is so important. Well, Farhang Foundation was established in 2008 uh, by a group of philanthropists, uh, and we're a completely 100% member-supported organization. We're non-political, non-religious, and not-for-profit. And our only mission is to promote and celebrate Iranian art and culture with the community at large. So not just for Iranians, but more importantly for non-Iranians, to become more familiar with Iran and uh, learn about Iran's rich history, art, and culture that goes back thousands of years. Uh, the goal of the founders uh, originally to start this organization was, uh, back in 2008, was because they thought that the, what people see about Iran on the mainstream media or news is uh, uh, not necessarily the true face of Iran and Iranians, and they only see what uh, the current government of Iran wants them to see, um, which is mostly negative. And uh, we wanted to, uh, our mission is to show the beauty that comes from Iran, the, all the beautiful art, um, poetry, uh, and the culture that has influenced the rest of the world for thousands of years. And that's what we're here for. Which is so fantastic because you want to show the truth. You want to show the essence of what Iran stands for and what it's truly about and what it used to be and what it can potentially be again. Yes, I mean, it still is that. It's just not being promoted. Um, in a way, I always compare uh, Farhang Foundation to what an embassy does in a foreign country for that country, which is the, one of the main key uh, jobs of an embassy is to promote that country's uh, uh, culture to the host country. And uh, Iran, obviously, the government of Iran does not do that right now. And so Farhang, in a way, has stepped into that position where we promote the Iranian artists, the culture, the the history. We uh, work with universities. We work with museums. Uh, we work with uh, the local school districts, all with the same goal, again, to just show the true face, to familiarize non-Iranians, especially with uh, what Iran is. And we've been very successful. We're now the largest uh, cultural foundation promoting Iranian arts and culture in the world. Uh, last year alone, we impacted over 3.5 million people from around the globe uh, with uh, our mission. 
you know, I really commend the Farhang organization for doing that and making people aware. And, uh, you know, maybe this will be an inspiration for other countries to create organizations such as Farhang so they can learn more about a specific country and what they're about rather than what is politically happening or what the media wants to portray. Exactly. I mean, as one of the benefits of, the, I mean, I hate to say it was a benefit of the pandemic, but one of the things that we did during the pandemic, because everything was shut down, we uh, pivoted all our programmings to virtual online programs. And in a way, we opened it up to a whole new audience around the world. When And now we always have online programs and we have people joining us from all over the world, like 24, 25 countries, places that you would never think anybody would, you know, necessarily be interested in Iranian programming. We have people from South America, Asia, Australia, New Zealand, all over the world. So it's really shows us how much interest it is, there is out there to learn more about Iran. And it's definitely served its purpose. Um, Farhang is also involved in so many programs and initiatives. Can you share with our listeners about a few that are the heart of what you do including the ones geared toward young people and college students. Yes. So um, one of our most important programs is uh, something we call Persian, Persian 101 after school program. And this is a class that we offer to elementary kindergarten through high school uh, free of charge or to all the schools, public and private. Um, and uh, it's been very successful. We launched this program about six years ago and we have classes in schools throughout um, Southern California right now including uh, at both uh, elementary schools in Beverly Hills um, which Beverly Hills by the way was our first um, school district that launched this program now six years ago so they're one of our first partners and we're very proud of it because we have all the classes are always uh, completely booked there's a big waiting list so there's a lot of demand and interest by students and the interesting thing is that it's not just Iranian American or uh, students with an Iranian background that attend these classes, but we have completely non-Iranians that attend the classes too, just because they're interested in learning more, uh, learning the special secret language of Iran, Persian, and also to learn about our culture. The classes are really fun and engaging with the students. Um, in addition to that, we also uh, uh, have uh, funded uh, two of the biggest Iranian studies programs uh, at universities in Southern California. We launched the first Iranian studies program, minor and major, at uh, USC, which is my uh, alma mater. So I'm very proud of that. And we also launched the first Iranian studies program at UC Irvine. And uh, two years ago, we also launched the first ever Iranian music degree program anywhere in the world uh, at UCLA. So those are our big uh, university initiatives. And we really believe in education and academic Academia, because this is, uh, you know, teaching students at a very early age all the way to college and university. And that, you know, lays the foundation and the seeds for the rest of their lives to be um, learn about Iran. No question. And I'm sure it's so helpful for families who have kids here who've been Americanized and they like to learn more the language, the culture and being that you grow up, uh, you know, in this city and you're involved in different things, it's very easy to lose touch 
with the culture. So I'm sure it's been tremendously helpful for families and children who want to know about their lineage and their heritage and to further be educated on that. So that, that's a huge, huge plus. Um, I wanted to ask you, why are you personally so passionate about Iranian art and culture? What is it that really brings out the best in you when when it involves these things about art and uh, culture? Uh, you know, as somebody who grew up outside of Iran for most of my life, I left Iran uh, right after the um, 1979 revolution, and I was uh, eight years old at the time. Um, and I grew up in Europe and then later came to the United States. Um, I was uh, uh, kind of dis disjointed from my background. And because of all the negativity as a kid, being traumatized in school by other students and, uh, you know, being ostracized because I'm Iranian. Uh, I kind of shunned it and uh, kind of hit it. Uh, and as I was getting older and started my professional life, I started to really appreciate my um, culture more and more and felt this uh, disconnect and uh, hunger to learn more about our, my culture. Uh, and the more I learned about it, the more I appreciated and noticed how much I have to be proud of it uh, because I see how influential it has been all over the world in all aspects, from science to education to to uh, poetry, to the music. I mean, Iranian culture has been so influential in so many ways. And uh, uh, when I discovered Farhang Foundation, I, I was immediately uh, touched and fell in love with the, what the organization does. And I started following them. And then eventually, you know, the opportunity came about that I could join them. And as somebody who would work with um, um, in the entertainment industry, with totally with non-Iranian background, uh, I really had this need to kind of give back to my culture and help use my my talents and uh, my energy to promote my own culture instead of promoting uh, a studio's film or uh, what have you. Um, so I joined Farhang in 2014 and uh, it's really changed my life. Uh, and working at Farhang is not, I always say it's not a job. It's really part of a family because everyone who's a part of the organization, all the volunteers, all all the donors, all the members, um, they all are here for just one thing. They put all their differences aside because, as you may know, in Iranian culture, people have a lot of different opinions. Everyone has their own ideas. Um, but the one thing that everybody agrees on is our culture, our art, our history. So the success key to success of the foundation is that everybody joins in from all backgrounds and they um, work on one mission and uh, it's a very collaborative uh, and it's just so um, energizing to see so many incredible successful people uh, give their uh, you know uh, financially support the organization and also give their time and energy and that just energizes me to do what I do. Now, and that's why you're the perfect guy to be where you are and what you're doing and being that bridge between Farhang and, and everyone else. And clearly, there's no doubt when it comes to culture, art, literature. And I would add one more thing, by the way, because I'm such a foodie. The greatest food in the world, I would have to say, is Iranian food. And I don't say that because I'm Iranian, but I think yes. a lot of people would share that same sentiment. So... Uh, it's it's a very profound cult rich culture that goes very deep um you know especially in philosophy one of my favorite people 
when it comes to Iranian culture is the great spiritual master Rumi. And uh, I can't tell you um, how, uh, of what an influence that ind individual has had on many people. Yes, I mean, Rumi, Hafez, Saadi, I mean, all the great masters of poetry and philosophy start in Iran, and they've been so influential. And, you know, one thing I uh, wanted to also mention is uh, Iran has been very influential on the United States, because after all, the first declaration of human rights was issued by Cyrus the Great of Iran more than 2,500 years ago, and that's in the Cyrus Cylinder. And that same declaration and the teachings of Cyrus were used by the founding fathers of the United States to draft uh, the declare uh, the uh, U.S. Constitution on, and so we have a big connection between Iran and uh, the United States, and it's just so ironic that right now the two countries do not have an official relationship with each other, but we go back uh, so many years, hundreds of years, uh, and uh, Iranian, uh, you know, Cyrus's teachings have been so influential. Um, on the United States as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what really bridges that gap and it will continue over time is the fact that the Iranian culture has so much love. You know, there's so much love and uh, unity and support for one another. And that would eventually put things back in line, like you're saying, to create a better alliance as well. You know, on this podcast, we talk to leaders in the luxury space. Uh, and with that said, I was wondering, what would you say is luxurious about Iranian art and culture? Well, I think Iranian art and culture, as I said, goes back thousands of years, and um, that alone makes it a substantive and uh, substantive and uh, impactful. Uh, you know, like our poetry, which has inspired and influenced so many writers around the world. Our culture has been influential on so many other cultures. Uh, the celebrations of Mother Nature, like uh, Nowruz, uh, the celebration of spring, Shabi uh, Yalda, the celebration of the winter solstice. Again, celebrations that have influenced other um, cultures, you know, Shabi uh, Yaldo uh, uh, has influenced Christmas and Hanukkah and Nowruz has influenced Easter and, uh, uh, you know, we celebrate Mother Nature and uh, I guess uh, you could say that Iranians were the original uh, 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 celebrators of Mother Earth and now it's that's such a trendy thing, uh, quite deservingly so, but Mother Nature is so important to us and that, I think that's very luxurious and rich and um, we uh, you know and the other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, the role of women has always been so important in Iranian history especially before the uh, Muslim Arab invasion of Iran uh, we had women warriors we had women rulers female rulers and women were always uh, put on a high pedestal uh, throughout history in our culture and uh, it is uh, a little bit ironic that right now today women are fighting for their rights in Iran on, but I am sure that they will prevail and uh, that freedom will return back to them. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, even though I know that Farhang is a non-religious and non-political organization, uh, I wanted to ask you, what role are you playing in supporting the current freedom movement in Iran and with all that's been happening in the media? Yes, uh 
um, you know, when uh, Mahsa Amini was murdered back in September, we were all horrified and so touched and moved by what was happening in Iran. And uh, as I said uh, earlier, um, uh, the Cyrus Cylinder is so important to us. And back in 2017, Fahim Foundation gifted the Cyrus, uh, the Freedom Sculpture, which was inspired by the Cyrus Cylinder, to the city of Los Angeles. And this is a public monument that's on display uh, in the middle of Santa Monica Boulevard in Central city um, and an artist uh, started using the sculpture as a platform to amplify the voice of the Iranian women who were fighting uh, starting in September for their freedom and they uh, he put a decal of Mahsa Amini's face with her name um, uh, and a, a writing that said say my name be my voice and he posted the picture of this on Instagram and we noticed it and we reposted the picture and uh, this slowly snowballed into a movement and uh, more and more people went to the sculpture and started hanging their headscarves as a show of solidarity with women who are fighting um, for freedom. But it all started with uh, the removal of the hijab, the mandatory hijab. And, um, you know, if you drive by the freedom sculpture right now, it's completely covered with uh, headscarves uh, and decals. And so um, we started, the, you know, this started this plat uh, sculpture started be using as a platform for the movement and then we uh, posted billboards uh, on the major streets of Los Angeles with a picture of the freedom sculpture covered in these headscarves and just a simple hashtag of woman life freedom which is the official hashtag or uh, 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 phrase related to the current movement um, and uh, we just wanted to bring, bring awareness to the movement uh, through art, through the artists who are using their voice, using their talents to amplify the voices of Iranians. And then we also commissioned some of our um, musicians that we've worked with over the years uh, to uh, create uh, music videos uh, inspired by music of Shervin Hajipur, uh, who came up with the Baraya song, who recently was awarded a special prize at the Grammys. And that song has become an anthem for uh, Iran uh, the freedom fighters in Iran. And uh, we had several music videos uh, that we shared on our platform that were commissioned especially for us. And, um, we, you know, millions of people saw those and shared them. Um, and uh, the other thing we've been doing is completely reevaluating all our programming and events since September. We've canceled anything that we felt was not sensitive towards the movement. Uh, we canceled our uh, film festival award ceremony. We've canceled our only fundraiser of the year and we really pivoted all our programming towards um, programs that help amplify the current situation through art and uh, uh, culture which is uh, our uh, our uh, avenue that we have to focus on obviously we can't get into politics but we are using art and culture to help amplify the voice of Iranians yeah you know going back uh, about the power of women it's such a travesty that so many people in this world uh, on a universal level don't give women the respect and the reverence and um, how powerful uh, women are and how they are not just critical, they're the foundation of everything that happens in this world. And it's not a surprise that it took a, a sacrifice 
by this young lady to do what she had to do to be an example for others. And I think in the long run, there's no question that the impact will be so profound and it will for sure create the change that needs to be made uh, in order for people to really be woken up to this understanding of how important and how critical of a rural woman play in everything that happens in this world. Everything. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. And, you know, the the, the woman uh, started this first ever uh, woman-led revolution in the world. So we've, they make us so proud. They're so brave. And, uh, you know, the men have joined them and uh, working side by side. And, uh, you know, it's it's incredible and so inspiring to see what they're doing. Absolutely. How, how would you suggest listeners to get involved in the freedom movement? Because I'm sure there's so many people out there, and I know actually, that have so much angst, they have so much, you know, in their hearts about this idea of freedom, and they want to help and make a difference. What would your suggestion recommendation be in helping and motivating and getting people to really help with that movement to create the necessary change? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, right now, because we can't physically or due to sanctions send any funds to Iran to help the people, there's no way to do that legally. Um, um, the best way and what people in Iran are saying are requesting from us, the best way for people out uh, outside of Iran is to just help amplify their voice, help share the news on your social media. That might seem like a very small thing to do, but it's really impactful. When this movement first started, it wasn't getting a lot of uh, news coverage. And uh, we, everybody started sharing it and tagging, uh, you know, the main media companies and uh, sharing information from Iran. And that really made a difference. It, it started bringing awareness to um, the mainstream media and they started covering the story and they have been covering the story. And uh, it's a very simple thing anyone can do. It doesn't take a lot of energy. It doesn't take any effort. It doesn't cost anything. And uh, just share. If you see story about Iran, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter. Uh, TikTok, wherever you are, and let people that follow you or your friends and family know about what's going on. You don't have to be Iranian to do it. Everyone can do it. Anyone who believes in human rights, anyone who believes in women's rights, anyone who believes in freedom uh, should do it. And uh, I just recently heard somebody say, you know, just because that's happening in another country that you think it's never going to affect you, it does affect you. Freedom can come and go at a heartbeat and we never know it. So we have to always be vigilant when freedom is taken away from other people at other places, because you never know when it might come home to, and be taken away from us here. Absolutely. And everything is a, a message to us. Everything is an awakening. Everything is a sign. And if we're not aware about aware of it, and we're only thinking about us and ourselves alone and don't realize that there's a connectivity on a quantum level to everything and everyone, and we don't take those messages seriously, that's exactly what's going to happen, like you're you're referring to, that it can happen to us wherever we are. Yes. Greta, how can people support the work of Farhang? What would be the best way to do that? 
So there's many ways to help Farhang Foundation. As I said, we're completely 100% member supported. We don't get funding from any government agency or any other organization. Um, and uh, the simplest way is to come to our events, come to our programs. You can go visit farhang.org to see all of our programs and events. And uh, many of them are free to the public. Uh, the other way you can do it, if you want to support us financially, you can join our online membership program, which is, again, available through farhang.org and uh, submit, uh, you know, uh, sign up for one of our annual plans, or you can make a one-time donation online. And uh, if you want to get even more involved in that, you can, and you want to give your time and energy, you can become members of, uh, of one of our councils where you can, you know, actively become involved or become a volunteer to help us at one of our events. We're a very small team here at Farhang Foundation, so we can only do what we do with these jobs events and programs uh, by uh, through the help of all our dedicated volunteers who come and give their time and energy to make it successful. So uh, there's many ways uh, to get involved. And then uh, last but not least, follow us. Follow us on social media. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We're everywhere uh, under Farhang Foundation. And um, uh, get involved that way uh, just by uh, learning about what we do and sharing our programming. As I said, most of our programming is based here in Southern California. Uh, a lot of it is free. We do lectures, we do talks, we do musical concerts. We collaborate with all the museums on exhibitions. Uh, we currently have a uh, great exhibitions by Amir H. Fala at the Fowler Museum, which is at UCLA, and it's free. Um, and that goes on till May 14. We just ended another exhibition at MOCA uh, that just ended the, this past weekend. Um, so we're always doing something really exciting and fun and uh, substantial, all with the same mission, again, to promote Iranian art and culture. Well, I can't thank you enough for joining our show today and uh, expressing the importance of Farhang organization and what they do and what they're all about. And there couldn't have been a better guy to run the organization than you. And I'm also very happy to see how of a you know what a luxurious organization it is and where you guys are headed and may you continue to be an inspiration and message to all and thank you again for joining our show today thank you so much Umanjana. it was a pleasure to be here thank you for inviting me and i hope to see you soon in person absolutely thank you again we hope you enjoyed Human's conversation today and we invite you to share this episode with someone who might enjoy it as well take a screenshot on your phone Text it to them and tell them to check out businessofluxurypodcast.com. Also, we encourage you to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for listening to The Business of Luxury.